For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, August 3rd, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? I'm Troy Harmon, and this is Money Talks. You're, uh, I'm your host today. This is the longest-running, most respected money show on the radio, and um, I mean, we've been on since the 80s. Yeah. The 80s. For those of you while. who are new we to it, remember the '80s. Welcome. <laughs> you don't. There a lot of must have happened back this then. This day in history. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am joined today by DJ Barker and Dan Deluzio. Dan is uh, he works at our perimeter office at Hensler Financial and uh, prepares a whole lot of taxes. We'll probably have some tax conversations today. He came all this way just for us. Yeah. Or all just for you. A hike. From That's right. Perimeter to. Kennesaw. Kennesaw. Yeah. In, in the traffic. In the traffic. Now, that's the worst part. You can almost walk here some days faster than you can drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from from that, what's it, like 15 miles or something? I don't know. No, actually, it's 21 or 22 oh, between okay. two offices. I've done it you so see, many times. You see how much Troy goes two. over there. There you go. 15 exactly. miles. What is this? I, Come I on, Troy. I last time. That's why <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. a lot shorter. It was, yeah, you, were, you made some <laughs> shortcuts along yeah, the way. I'm sure. Taking the hooch upstream. Yeah. Well, I mean, upstream. Yeah, that'd be a lot, lot worse. Hey, I think do it. Yeah, you can do it. I guess uh, this is spoken DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, just back, what was it last month that you yeah. uh, made an eighty-mile paddleboard trip? That's right. In the Atlantic Ocean, cross from the yeah. Bahamas to Florida. It can be yeah. done. You can do anything, Troy. I guess. I mean, I've got a paddleboard. I'll give it to you. We'll just store it under the. You've got a new nickname for sure. Uh-oh. Old chum. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was just in time for Shark Week, I guess. That's right. We should have. Uh, I wish there was more to the story, but actually, I'm glad there's not. This man know. has a Boy. wife and two children. I would have missed him dearly. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, I am well insured. So man, still with not so sure yeah. that I. Well, that, yeah, that's another aspect. <laughs> that's yeah. right. This is an estate planning issue. If you're <laughs> just joining us. Yeah, uh, some of us are worth more dead than alive, but uh, you know, it's kind of the way it goes. Well, that's right. Um, good to have insurance, no doubt. That's right. All right, so uh, what in the world has happened to our market this week? If you yeah, watch right? the news at all, and you'll know that we had a rate cut. Which mm-hmm. was expected somewhat. Uh, 80%. And the market went up from there, too. right? Yeah. Slightly. Wah, wah, wah. And then it, and then it fell yeah. hard. Yeah. What's so going on with that, Troy? That why, why, yeah, why is this? Are we expecting that reaction? Yeah, so uh, what we saw, and I talked about this last week, is uh, the options market was indicating about a 81% probability 
of a 25 basis point cut. Yeah. Guess what mm-hmm. we got? We got yeah. 25, 25 bips. 25 basis point cut. That's right. We're right on. Um, we all seem to see that coming. There were some that said 50 basis points. Um, but the probabilities within the market, uh, according to the options market on treasuries, didn't indicate that. It was only about a 19% probability. So um, the, the market did seem to have a bit of a tantrum after it didn't get what it seemed <laughs> to want. But, again, you know, if you look at the numbers, they, didn't, they weren't there. Um, so uh, then we come to Thursday. Mm. And on Thursday, we got news that uh, we're going to get a 10% further increase in tariffs. Yeah. Uh, I think this is just a reaction. You know, uh, one of my interns downstairs said, why did he say, why did the president say that we're going to get 10% more? I said, well, basically, if you watch this closely, um, it seems the Chinese are willing to wait out until we have another election, assuming that Donald Trump gets voted out of office. Mm-hmm. They assume that they're going to, the, the tariffs go away, this mess goes away, and he's good. So basically all he's done is ratchet up the pain. And uh, whether or not that was the right thing to do, hard to say. Right. I've said this multiple times, and I'll tell. say it again. I believe China loses this battle. But we're not going to get out unscathed. Of course. No so, kidding. you know, we'll, we'll have some pain. Um, you know, the, the thing that you seem to hear on television when you watch, you know, this debate, uh, you know, the president is, is wrong for starting this war. Well, tariffs in China have been a thing for quite a long time. I believe they've grown up to the point that they don't need to protect their industry nearly as much as they are. So, you know, what we're seeing is is an attempt to get back to more of a normal situation, a normal trading uh, relationship, mm-hmm. and and they seem absolutely unwilling to do it. I've likened it on multiple occasions, uh, you know, over the last few months since the subject started cropping up to, uh, you know, we've got an, a, a child who has now grown into being an adult, and they still want to eat at the kids' table. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, there's, there's no reason for the second largest economy in the world mm-hmm. to be subsidized by, by tariffs by, by nearly so much as they are. And a lot of it from us, since we buy so much from them. We are the world's <laughs> consumer, exactly. no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what goes the other direction is minimal by comparison. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason that, you know, here's the thing. A tariff is always going to be uh, more difficult on the consumer within the country who imposes it. So here we sit, um, the, the president is more or less taxing goods that we buy, so he's taxing us to make those goods stop flowing so that the producer is injured in the, in the offing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's uh, not optimal, clearly, but the Chinese, who I believe are the source of the problem, are unwilling to blink at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here we sit. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of the of the pullback yeah. on Thursday. So, um, you know, it's hard to say where we go from here. Uh, I've been talking about it a lot. Obviously, um, the the consumer is is kind of the 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 core of the economy in the United States. If the consumer ever closes their wallet, we got issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think price impact has been so great at this point that that they've quit. In fact. Consumer sentiment is still very positive. Um, expectations do tend to be worse than the, the current situation, uh, in the opinion of, of consumers, based on the numbers that we get. 
So, um, you know, from from here, as long as that consumer continues to to have that good attitude and and unemployment doesn't decline significantly, we should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, will tell you that it it surely looks like there's clouds forming. Yeah. So, uh, you know, who who knows what happens next? But uh, it would not surprise me if we had uh, if we had more issues. If you look at uh, uh, post rate cut. Interest rates, I talk about this quite a bit, have since March when the, the yield curve basically inverted. Uh, the 10-year that went over three at one point early this year is at 1.9% after the, after the rate cut. Wow. You have cuts on the short end. Usually that fixes uh, the inversion in the yield curve. It usually will normalize mm-hmm. so that, you know, longer maturity bonds yield a higher amount, which mm-hmm. makes sense if you think about why that would be. It's because you take more risk with the extended time. Right. So right. you should get, you know, in, in finance, we have a theory, more risk equals more return. Yeah. Investors usually insist on more return for more risk. So in this case, you're not getting that. <clears throat> You've got um, interest rates one through six months on the Treasury that are higher than those that are one year, three years, five years, seven years, they're about equal with the 10-year. In fact, we still don't see that two-year uh, two minus 10 going negative, uh, which is the true long-term inversion that we usually look for that signals um, uh, traditionally uh, a, a recession pending. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say where we go from here. Um, but... If you wonder where the volatility in your 401k and your investment <laughs> accounts came from, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. That's precisely it. So a lot of news, a lot of important things going on in the market this week. One of the things that we saw uh, from uh, Friday was a week ago, U.S. GDP was reported at 2.1%. Economists had expected one8 in the second quarter, so a little better than that. But Remember, the first quarter we got 3.1%. So either way, this is a pullback in growth. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's it's been reported uh, in corporate earnings and various other places. This is going to be no different. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the drag on it? Trade. You know, it's, it's uh, international trade. So uh, personal income growth remains steady. This, again, is one of the reasons that the consumer feels so well is because their income continues to grow. Rose 0.4% in June, matching May's uh, revised gain. It was previous, previously at 0.5. It did get revised down for May. Um, but, again, you know, a, a positive sign here for, for consumption. Uh, conference board consumer confidence um, rise, another another increase in uh in June, from uh, the conference board's uh, polling, uh, home prices decelerated, so they haven't fallen, but the rate of growth has slowed. And then uh, mortgage applications. Top-line index moved down 1.4% uh, the week of July. Um, declining purchases and refinancings remain stable. So, you know, here we are again, kind of a weird situation where um, you see – Interest rates decline. It's weird because who's got an interest rate above 3.8% right now? We've had such low rates for so long, Mm -hmm. it's amazing that we still have that. But uh, we did see refinancing still remain steady. So uh, 
Um, Falling rates, I'm not surprised. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's that's what you would You're going to see that. Yeah, sometimes you'll see a, a disconnect between uh, rate policy and demand, and mm-hmm. it doesn't always go the way you thought. But in this case, it seems logical. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have a dog of the week. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. They paid paradise and put up a fucking line. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. This is the dog of the week. The dog of the week. Dog of the week this week comes out of uh, Sydney, Australia. Uh, this is off the Reuters newsline. Um, seems like uh, bad driving led to a pretty significant drug bust. Mm. Um, okay. Had a van driving through the north part of town. Um, obviously not paying real good attention to what's going on. Or maybe he used some of the product in the back of the van. Uh-oh. Next thing you know, he slams into none other than a police car. Ooh, that's unfortunate. A police car. DJ. You, at one point, were a police officer. You go ahead and tell me, just, uh, is this common? I thought uh, I thought the police, you know, if you watch enough TV, it shows you that the police are the, are the doofuses, not the... Right, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, we're we're not the smartest, and we like to eat a lot of donuts, but it's not recommended to <laughs> run into the back of a police car. Yeah, it's this, not. this was the front of a police car, just oh, to clarify. Oh, well, <laughs> See? Bent the hood, knocked the fender off. I mean, there's a lot of parts. You come out of the donut shop, your your police car is damaged. Nice. Severely damaged. Mm. Is, is this a problem? It, it doesn't happen often. I mean... Was it a parked police car, or was it... It was, parked. Uh, yeah, it was parked. It was parked. They, uh, they well, you got to watch those police cars. They do like to move on their own in a parking spot. Oh, know? yeah? You yeah, oh, it yeah. it just jumped out in front just, of I'm this, sure it this did. poor I'm sure it did. Individual yeah, why not? Was, Blame them for everything else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're absolutely right. There's some of that. Anyway, this uh, this happened. It was about two hundred million dollars worth of Ooh. crack in the back of the van. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's in Aussie dollars, so like one hundred forty or one hundred forty million wow. U.S. dollars. Uh, that's a pretty significant amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, about two to three hours later, they uh, they found the driver who sped off. By the way, oh sure, well, I hope sped so. Off. They found the van and then found the driver. Uh, after they inspected the contents, <laughs> they, they really wanted to talk to him then. So they, so let me just cameras, get this. Cameras, cameras are everywhere. So you run into the back of a, or the front of a car, right. police car. You leave the scene and you don't immediately unpack your two hundred million dollars worth of uh, that, Like I, I don't know. I would have thought maybe you just unpack everything and get a new car. Yeah. <laughs> or I, again, one would think. I'm sorry. You were on the wrong side of the law to be that smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. That's so fantastic. Yeah, these weird things happen not only in Austell, but in Australia. Austin. Wow. So who got credit for the drug bust? <laughs> right. <laughs> the car. Yeah, I guess. The car. The camera, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, cameras are everywhere. These oh, days. yeah. In fact, there's, there's other stories that I could have chosen and uh, due to the content, I decided I love not it. to. But, I mean, they were showing the same thing. You Jeez. can't get away with anything these yeah. days. I mean, people do, unfortunately. It, but, but it's, yeah, it's not every, the, you know, they see everything. There's someone looking all the time. Clearly. You know. Clearly. But 
Anyway, so well, I guess he's going to jail for a minute. For a minute. Little, like a couple hundred million dollars in six drugs. Six or eight felonies, yeah. Um, fleeing, uh, you know, yeah. uh, distribution of uh, I'm sure it was for personal use. Drugs. He'll get out of that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's... <laughs> That's not, that is not an intent to distribute. It's not. Was it individually wrapped, or is it? See, it sounds like it was one load. It was not an individual. Boxes, so. boxes. Uh, very neatly packaged. It was noted. Very neatly stacked in the back of the van. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the the quantity probably isn't. It. Maybe. I don't, I don't. I mean, DJ, you would know better. Than That's me. a good story right there. I like it. Yeah. Well, I I like the fact that he got caught. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's the best part. All right, so uh, this week we have a situation we'd like to talk about. Um, got a couple, 43 and 48, Aubrey and Mark, and this is timely because school is right around the corner. Their yeah. daughter, Katrina, is uh, about to go back to school. They've amassed uh, $86,000 um, in their 529 plan uh, to to aid in the payment for, for college, and um the college published uh, cost of attendance for out of state. Yes, out of state, mm-hmm. fifty-two thousand twenty-six dollars per, per year. year. Uh-huh. Tuition, room, board, transportation, food—all those expenses. Mm-hmm. That's a little pricey. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, what tax breaks are available? And I know there are some, but are we going to make this fifty-two thousand dollars go away? Uh, that's a good. No. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, the only good thing is uh, I suspect she's got a 529 plan, so there's some expenses that can come out of there. Right. Yeah. Her parents, it looks according to the the uh, lead sheet here, they've got an adjusted gross income of about 151,000. Yeah. That's in their favor because there are some tax credits out there for that tax bracket. Okay. As for for tuition credits, I should say. All right. Okay. The big one out there in that tax bracket, there's really two main credits that are out there right now. It's the American Opportunity Tax Credit and the Lifetime Learning Credit. Okay. Each of them have different criteria. Now, they would qualify because of their adjusted gross income for the American Opportunity Credit. Okay. The Lifetime Learning Credit has a lower threshold, so they wouldn't qualify. It goes up to about 136000 for this year, for 2019. Okay. Okay. So they're obviously they they they're beyond that one. They're at one fifty one. Yeah. So what is the limit on the the American Opportunity Tax? That credit? that credit this year is up to a hundred and eighty thousand. Okay. So we're good. It starts at one sixty and goes to one eighty. So, so it phases out. So over right. The so time. at right now at one fifty one, where their adjusted gross income is, they would be able to get the hundred percent of the, the maximum credit, credit maximum. for themselves. Okay. okay. Right. Now let's just talk about the credit. It's not huge. Okay. It's twenty five hundred, but twenty five hundred is a help. Because because right. it's a credit. It's not a deduction, okay? It's based, And the difference? Well, a credit, as you know, is dollar for dollar off your taxes. Okay. A deduction, $1 on, on a deduction, is worth whatever your tax bracket is times a dollar. So yeah. if you're in a 20% tax bracket, it's mm. worth 20 cents. Yeah, not right? quite as much. But a credit for a dollar is worth a dollar, yeah. right. right? So that's the key. So uh, it reduces your, your tax yeah, bill absolutely. after you figure to the bottom line. Right, when you, you get to the off, bottom right. line, then you can take that off. Okay. Right? Now, it looks like they would qualify. Now, uh, for the 2500 max is what that is. It's based on uh, 100% of the first 2000 that you spend. And then 25% on the next on the next 2,000. Okay, so okay. there's your 500. Okay. Also, the other interesting thing is if the credit, uh, if you if your taxes now they're not in that bracket, so I doubt their tax would go below zero. But if your taxes do go below zero, okay, you can get up to 40% of the credit actually refunded to you. 
So it's up to a thousand dollars. So if you had zero tax liability but you had a credit of twenty five hundred, you could at least get a thousand dollars back on that. Wow. Okay, so that could help some people in lower tax brackets. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Uh, there's a couple other things. You've got to be careful on what you're taking. Okay. Now, it says they've got a 529 plan. So my suggestion to them is look at what expenses can you can take under the credit versus what you can take on the 529 plan. Both of them say qualified education expenses. Okay. But they're not the same in, in the 529 plan in the credit. Different definitions. Exactly. So you've got to be careful for that. You, for the, you can take the uh, American Opportunity Credit, you can take tuition, okay? Uh, under the 529 plan, you can take tuition, but you can also take room and board. Okay. So the key to them would be to take it out, you know, take it out of your 529 plan for the room and board, take the tuition and use it for the, for the uh, American Opportunity Credit. Okay. Because you can't use the same expenses now for each, no. for both, okay. okay? So that's also key. Now, there's one other credit out there which they won't be eligible for because their income's too high. But, oh, they want, let me go back on the American Opportunity Credit. That you can only take for the first four years of college. After that, it's no longer el- you're no longer eligible. Okay. So, so engineering take, degrees, right. well, master's so you degrees. Want, you want to, so like if you that. can, go ahead and take that one first. Right. Okay? Because then after that, you can go over to the lifetime learning credit, which is eligible for not only uh, – the initial uh, four years of college, mm-hmm. if you can't take the other one or you want to take this one instead, but you can also take it for postgraduate work and just for courses to improve your own skills. Yeah, if you want to get a second degree, could you use it there as well? Then you could second see, exactly. Yeah, okay. assuming your income's low enough to take yeah, it. Because remember, the, the thresholds are lower on that. Right. One, okay? yeah. Now, that one can go up to $2,000 that you can take. It's 20% of the first $10,000. And again, it acts like a credit. So it's it's against your tax liability. The thing on that is you can't if you if your tax liability is zero, and you've got a two thousand uh, dollar credit, that one you don't get you a don't refund. Get a refund. On. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So we need to be aware of that. But now is it different for the AOT American Opportunity? Yeah, tax the American credit? Opportunity credit is the one you could get up to a thousand dollars. So if you back. didn't know a dime, in if tax, you didn't know a dime, you could, you could get up and you had. You qualified for the full $2,500 credit, you could get $1,000 back. Yeah. Okay? Just thinking of that, at the 151000 in income, it's not likely they're going to be at a zero tax liability. Oh, right? no, that's no. what I'm saying. They'll probably yeah. use the 2500 up, yeah. I would assume. Okay. Yeah. And it's just important. You know, and it looks like I would use that plan if I was them trying to allocate between the 529 plan over the four years and then the uh, – uh, then paying the rest through uh, the credit or trying to pay it to so qualifies for the credit. The other thing they need to worry about, they mentioned that they might be able to do a uh, loan for their student or for their child at the mm-hmm. end of the Make sure it's in her name or his name, whatever student. And then also you can get up still it's you qualify up to twenty five hundred dollars off your taxes, assuming your income is again is below certain thresholds. Sure. Okay. So be aware of that. It still is out there for people for the interest expense on it. Right. Okay? Okay. All right. So yeah. all that to say kids are expensive. Right. <laughs> kids that are going out of state. Out of even state. More school expensive. are more expensive. More expensive. Can exactly. you homeschool kids for college? It doesn't qualify for the credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in this scenario. It's not going to be a I'm credit. I'm sure that, that that would be a possibility, though. Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, if you can do it. There's an app for that. If you need help, give us a buzz. We'll help you out. Absolutely. That number, if you would like to reach Dan Deluzio, 770-429-9166, just ask for Dan, and uh, he can help you out with all those pieces. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to be 
answering some listener questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. In the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, along with DJ Barker and Dan Deluzio. And uh, we've been talking about um, tax situation, ways you can reduce uh, some of the burden getting your children to college, since we are on that. Uh, If you have questions you would like for us to answer on the air, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can call our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you'll listen to our recorded message. You will leave your own, including the question. We'll play the question on the air, and uh, then we will reply and give you the answer that you seek. Uh, if you'd like to talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show producer, Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will get the question to the hosts of the show, and uh, we'll be able to answer that question for you as well if you prefer not to use the phone or just email maybe even using the phone you can get us at drgene at h-e-n-s-s-l-e-r.com that is drgene at hensler.com again d-r-g-e-n-e at h-e-n-s-s-l-e-r.com we also have a website if you want to go on there you can look we've got a lot of uh information uploaded to the website you can uh, potentially answer your own question and uh, uh, again you know if you have something that's not covered there reach out we'd love to hear from you so uh, guys we've got um, quite a few questions to cover this week first of all we've got Jeffrey from Sandy Springs who says I have three stocks in my portfolio that are down for the year overall my performance is okay but I want to sell these three holdings my advisor is telling me to keep them. Why on earth would I want to keep these losers in my portfolio? Mm-hmm. What your advisor is probably seeing is securities that have the best-looking fundamentals, and if they've been losing money, they obviously are getting cheaper. A lot of folks do get disheartened when they have losses in their yeah. portfolio, and it's easy to see. I mean, you go... You go look at anybody's holdings, and generally right next to it, it'll tell you how much you've gained or lost since you've held it or within the last year or last you know, year to date, yeah. last month, whatever it is. And people seem to gravitate to those that have lost money, and because it's now in their minds a dog, they want to throw this thing out. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure the advisor is saying, you know what? There's a reason that certain stocks go up at certain times. I mean, you can make the case lately we've seen a lot of benefit from owning growth, owning those tech stocks that don't pay a dividend, mm-hmm. that uh, just seem to never quit. What you've also seen happen is the prices on those, while it has gone up, and we all get warm fuzzies when the price of our investments go up, they've gone up by more than the earnings have grown. So they get overvalued at some point. So 
it's it's uh, always best to, I mean, you know, I, I don't encourage you just to take the advisor's word for everything, but listen to what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. If they can make a reasonable case that, you know, there, there's a reason you hold utilities when you see the prices have gone down potentially because, you know, growth tends to attract a lot of uh, investment and quite often they attract, attract it away from those securities that are not as in favor, you know, at the time. So um, it's good to be diversified. It's good to uh, to hold things. And, and what is the argument for diversification? Certain things do better at certain times. Absolutely. And then Something's going to go up. Something's be down. You and just have and to then it reverses. It tends right. to reverse. That's why you have an advisor. Exactly. Well, you know, also, you know, I, I, we don't know where this, this asset is, if this is in an IRA or if this is in a taxable account because, you know. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. If, if you have a loss inside of an IRA or a Roth, and you sell it, you don't get a taxable benefit to offset that loss somewhere in your taxes. So if it's in a retirement account, I can completely understand where he's saying no need to sell it because you're not going to see the benefit. And the, if the stock is fundamentally okay and it's mm-hmm. something that we still want to hold, I kind of agree with that. Now, it could be a situation if it's in a taxable account, you could possibly offset gain somewhere else. So sure. that thought process would be you would sell it for a loss now even though you still fundamentally want to own that security mm-hmm. and then you buy it back in 31 days. So that's, that's some information we don't know from, from your question. So, you know, that's, that's something to bring up to your advisor. You know, is it, he, he's saying not to sell it because of the type of account it's in something to research as well, not just fundamentals, but the location in which you're, you're investing. Right now, if you haven't had any sales of securities all year, then you probably haven't got those realized gains. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you haven't sold anything for a gain, you still don't really have that much of a of a benefit. But Dan, you can probably talk to this. You can carry forward you losses. You can carry forward losses. Yeah. You can not take, much. You can, no, not, not well, but. Actually, you carry them all a lot forward. It's the, you can't take Use much. Use them, right. You can only take up to $3,000 in a year as a loss. Right. So, but you can carry forward. If you had a, a $200,000 loss, you can yeah. carry it forward. Right. It's going to take you a little bit. It'll take you a little bit. At $3,000 a year, it'll take you a lot to chip that down. But if in the following yeah. year you had a $50,000 gain on something, you well, can offset well, you that just, whole gain. Now you can take a $53,000 loss on your right. tax return, the entire yeah. gain plus three right exactly so So. you know it is wise to think of these things more than just uh the the fundamentals there's a lot more behind it right but but i can almost guarantee you there is no uh financial advisor that's going to want to sit there and take a beating on a stock and then hear it from you and not have a reason why he's telling you no continue to hold we still have Faith. It's okay to hold it, even yeah. though it's at a down right now. Yeah. We all want to win at <laughs> we, the end of the yes, day. Yes, the, the goal the is day. to win. Yes, and, and when your advisor has made you money, as in you know the scenario DJ put forth, where you've you've taken some gains, where you've uh, sold things that were a significant gain, um, paying taxes is a part of life. Absolutely. You're not yeah. going to get out of it. Absolutely. And and just because they've taken you know, taxable gains. If they didn't talk to you about it and, and you were absolutely against it, make sure you initiate the conversation. But if they're doing what you've agreed to do and they're making gains, guess what? That's what the business is all about. Yeah. You're supposed to make and gains. tax is a part of it. Right. And when is the best time to sell something? If it's overvalued, it's going to be when it's got when it's a pretty significant gain. Absolutely. You don't wait 
until it falls back apart and say, well, no, I don't I have a tax. Yeah, now I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's a, an emotional issue, but it's one that's very pertinent and it's very timely yeah. since we've had 10 years of almost nothing but straight up yeah. uh, right. gains in, in the stock market. All right. Um, thanks again for that question. That's a good one. Jeffrey, and uh, let's go to Jordan, Jordan from Atlanta, who says, do you have any advice for surviving an IRS audit? Uh, woo, yeah, that's a loaded it. question. Yeah, don't get audited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but, you say but, that, but there are yeah. some there things are some that things you could that, avoid. Right. And, and there's some reasons that people get audited. It's not always the worst case scenario. First of all, you know, you have a healthy respect for it. You don't fear the IRS. You have a respect for them. Nobody, everybody hates to see that letter come in the mail. Sure. But on the same, you shouldn't fear it because it's not always an accusation that you've done something wrong. All right. So let's be, but so, and there are things that could have triggered the audit. Sure. Usually there's certain points that the IRS will look at, Schedule C's if you're a sole proprietor, uh, particularly if, you're, if you've got income over a certain amount, usually it's a two or $300,000 threshold, you're more likely, it doesn't mean you'll always be or it doesn't mean you'll never be. So just things like that. What so about a home office? Is that still one of the triggers, well, the red it, flag? Well, it, it is... It can be, if you, but you can only take a home office now if you've got a business that you're operating and it's reporting it on your tax return. You used to be able to take it on your, on as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. Mm, yeah. If you didn't have an office that you could go to and you worked for an employer, well, that's out because all those itemized deductions are gone. Okay. okay? Yeah. But that would more likely be trigger points. Okay, those are the kind of things they look at. Also, travel and entertainment expenses are still big, things of that nature. Right. Uh, and obviously, as we know, entertainment's out the door now, but it's right. meals and travels. So. Large, undocumented right. expenses to, well, like, charitable organizations, maybe. Well, right, and I'm glad you brought that up, because one of the things you really always want to be is make sure you have the documentation. Yeah. If right. you're called for on an audit, make sure you bring it with you. Make sure you only bring what they ask for. Don't bring the entire kitchen sink. They don't want to see it. You're going to waste their time, and you're not, and they're not going to be real happy about it either. Yeah. They've got to go through a whole ton of papers. It's I've got clients who want to just throw everything out. Adam, I say no. no. Give them exactly what they want. Keep them happy. Just like when you're in court, you don't go in. To, don't tell the story. Exactly. Answer the question. Here's my document. And quickly, there's like three types of audit. There's a correspondence audit, which mm. is the least. Uh, you know, invasive. invasive. Yeah. It's usually they're asking a specific question on a specific deduction or something or income item. There's an office audit where they'll call you in and they'll say, we're auditing these items and you bring in the information. And the one I hate the most are the ones where they come to see you mm. because then they can spend the entire day and sometimes they like it. <laughs> so, but consequently, but treat them with kindness because yeah. they're doing a job, you know, and it's not an easy job. Everybody wants to say, oh, I will never, I don't want to do this with my auditor or this or that. I always say treat them with the respect that you want from them. Absolutely. So, and yeah. and on that, since we're in a, a world of, of thievery, do they call? Will they call you and say, I'm going to seize your assets? Or will they send no. you a letter? No. What, how does the IRS operate? Right now, the IRS is operating where they contact you first. It's usually by letter. By letter. They do not make phone calls. Because we get a lot of clients okay. that say, yeah. hey, I received a voicemail that says I'm being audited. Yeah, I need to send them a check. No, don't do that. Don't please. do that. Exactly. Call us first, but don't do that. Don't send them. Don't give them your checking account number. Definitely. Don't give That's them not the right way yeah. to go. Hang on. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll answer some more financial questions. Thank you for listening to Money Talks.
for all your financial needs. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with DJ Barker and Dan Deluzio. And... Uh, um, talked about all kind of things. Oh, so kind of, far. Just having We're too much fun, about, really. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, finance is such a fun topic. It is right? a good time. Mm. All right, and taxes. I mean, you oh. mix a little tax in with it. Heck yeah! Are you kidding me? All right, Life so is a party. If it is you, a party, audits. It is a party. <laughs> audits, <laughs> audits. Yeah. college. Goodness gracious! Make sure to wear your pointy hat. <laughs> good uh, the auditor will love you more. All right. Uh, our question hotline, if you have a question of your own you'd like for us to answer, we'd love to hear from you, 1-855-429-9166. Uh, if you want to talk to a human, 770-429-9166. And then our email address, drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Hensler.com is our website, again, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. And uh, you can get your questions answered in one manner or another, whether you're, whether you're doing it yourself on our website or asking us directly or indirectly uh, through those various means. We have a, uh, another question we'd like to cover here today. Tyler from Kennesaw says, I'm 35 and I feel like a financial mess. I was lucky enough to be working through the Great Recession. Uh, it was a dead-end job, but it paid the bills. During that time, I got married, and uh, Dad bought us a condo. Fast forward to my mid-30s, and I just completed my college degree. I have an IRA that might have $10,000 in it, and uh, my wife and I want to buy a house but can't sell the condo since we don't own it. On the plus side, we have no debt and uh, live within our means. How do I catch up? to other 35-year-olds. Well, here, here's my first answer. You live within your means. You there have you surpassed go. most other 35-year-olds. 35 35 mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, no student loans, it sounds like. No, I mean, no, that's, no that's a big one. That's At 35, problem. we still see people coming in with Absolutely. student loans. Yeah. No the doubt. question of how do I catch up to other 35-year-olds. I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, you're you're in a situation where you never want to compare yourself to others because there's going to be, there's always, it doesn't matter who you are and how much money you have in the bank, there's always someone with more. Unless you own Amazon, yeah. that's the fact. Right. But you're doing well. You've got a house. You don't have any debt. You're doing well. You right. know, it's, it's kind of, you know, baby steps. You know, uh, I think wealth does not occur overnight unless you win the lottery and that generally doesn't happen so for for yourself and, and your wife i mean really it's it's kind of going to to back to basics you know what what are your short term and your long term goals and how do we get to those goals you know um do you have your emergency reserve set aside three to six months of savings in cash in the bank if you've already made that goal you know it sounds like you have your monthly finances in order to you're not you're not overspending so uh, you know i'm assuming you have some kind of budget laid out so that's always a good thing sure what extra room do you have? You know, if you've got that job, uh, start saving, maximizing your uh, 401k. Mm-hmm. That's going to be one big thing. It's going to reduce your salary and it's going to... And reduce taxes. Absolutely. <laughs> reduce the salary because, you know, the tax man's not taking his share. That's right. um, so it, that's a good thing because you can save 19 grand a year to the 401k. So uh, if you're both doing that, you're going to be able to pile some cash away. You can also save to a Roth and, a, and an IRA. $6,000 to each of those, um, you know, those are some of the bigger bigger um, 
accounts that you can save to. Um, you know, you can always save to after-tax accounts, right? Your your brokerage accounts, joint accounts. Um, and for a house, and that's like going to that be, be the best way. your your best bet, yeah, absolutely, because right. you know you're not going to want to take money out of retirement to do that. Yeah, because you um, get penalized. But there is there is exactly you'll be penalized. Yeah. yeah well, there is uh, uh, there is a first time homeowner exception, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it's still probably not the best still, way yeah, to do it's it. Not, it's not that's not what you're saving for. You're, exactly. When right. You start now. You want to save for retirement. Yeah. So just be sure you're at least taking care of. If you can't do the whole 19, if you have a 401k, do part of it. Do as much as as you can. Yeah, and the get exemption. a company match. saving now, that's the important thing. The if exemption, you get a match, right. If you get, if, if, yeah, if you have to save 5% to get a match, well, save the, you know, Try what to you save have it, at least right. to get the 100% match. It's because right. that's free money. Exactly. Uh, it absolutely it's 100% is. 100% yeah. return on your money. Yep. You know, we're, we're working into a, 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 an economy that's reducing their interest, right? So, you know, if you have a, a large savings account, you can put 20% down, you're going to get the best interest rate for a 30-year money. Um, and it sounds like rates have are coming down just a little bit. They are, yeah. The so, longer term is, is starting to show some signs of, of uh, falling. And the thing is, the, the amount that uh, you're going to be rewarded with for saving is also going to decline. So yeah. you've got to be you got to be mindful of exactly what you're doing. Um, you know, being able to borrow at a very low interest rate is generally a, a huge positive because there are ways that you can earn significantly more than uh, an inflationary type return mm-hmm. uh, in the market, mostly with equities. And, uh, you know, I, Save wisely is the biggest thing, but you know if you're saving for the house, probably the taxable account. Even though yeah. you do have this uh, exemption, it's, they're not going to penalize you, but they're still going to tax you. You're still going to be paid tax on it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so the money that you're going to pull from a 401k is still going to be less than it appears initially. Right. I mean, you might say, okay, I've got a hundred thousand in my 401k. That's not all spendable money. You're going to be taxed on the mm-hmm. amount you pull out. So Precisely. be wise. Just not dollar be, for dollar. Exactly. Yeah. Be be wary of that. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's not a whole lot I want to add to this except for the fact that uh, we have ran into a lot of people who have money that would seem like it was a lot of money to most. Yeah. And yet their spending habits make it so that it seems like. They don't have enough money to live on. Right. They can't retire at the age of 60, even though they might have a few million dollars yeah. socked away. And, you know, right. just because their their habits are are much worse than yours are, because you just said you live, live within, within your, your means. means. Mm-hmm. That is a, at least, uh, it's more than half of the equation. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you just just keep uh, keep doing what you're doing. Save a little more. Make sure you get that match on your 401k if it's a, if it's available. And um, the other thing, I think, maybe diversify the way you save. Yeah. Because when you get to the end of the game, you'll realize that my 401k, the government forces me to start taking money out of that 401k. That's right. And, and they determine how much you must take, and it's still that tax game. You're going to be taxed on that amount after you're 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. So maybe sock away a little bit to a to a Roth 401k, which is a, an option available in most accounts on, yep. these days. So you know, spread it around a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. some taxable because then you can even offset, as DJ was talking earlier, the the tax loss harvesting. Mm-hmm. You can actually offset some of your um, some of your gains later in life uh, when it comes down to retirement, just by diversifying not only the investments that you look at. 
So, you know, you've got different asset classes, but also diversify the vehicles within which you save your money. Those accounts, it's important. Precisely. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, we can move on now. Um, How about uh, Andy from Douglasville? He says, I was listening a few weeks ago when the analysts were dogging beyond meat. So if earnings were missed horribly, why did the stock jump up so much? I didn't buy in June, and now... It's nearly doubled. Yeah, it's more than nearly doubled since May first, when it actually wow. hit the hit the markets. It's up over five hundred percent. It's incredible. However, since July twenty sixth, it's lost twenty five percent of its value. Oh wow! Part of that was because they reported earnings in the last week, uh-huh. and uh, earnings were okay. They're they're still they got a negative uh, operating margin. I'm sorry. A positive, you said? Meaning, uh, yeah, they don't make money right oh, now. Negative. They got no earnings. Negative, 30% operating margin. Whoa. Um, it, this is one of those that is expected. I mean, this is a growth story, right? So as revenue grows, they assume that at some point in the future, they're going to have enough money that they're going to start earning money, maybe even pay back a dividend. That's so far into the oh, future. Oh, goodness, that's a waste. Who knows? Uh, this stock still looks speculative. And the other piece is they said that they're going to issue more stock. That doesn't help any of the investors. No. Yeah. You get diluted. So while you already don't have earnings, um, you're going to have more. even less. Yeah. Yeah. That's We're going to issue more stock on top of you. Basically, all it does is makes your holding worth a smaller portion of the company than it was previously. Not a good situation. The market knows these things. I mean, you know, you're, you're not fooling them. I, one thing I will say, though, I don't blame management. If there's such a fervor about buying this stock up 500% That's in two months, uh, why wouldn't you issue some more? I mean, they don't get any benefit from the market's action. Where they get benefit to the company is through an issuance of stock. Yeah. All right, that's it for Money Talks. I say the market's up this week, but hey, what do I know? I'm a broken record. What do you say, DJ? Well, we're going up. We're going up. There we go. Three ups. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.